lot of people think, oh, I just need to focus on being in fat burning mode all of the time. But actually that reduces metabolic flexibility and it also can reduce insulin sensitivity over time. And this is really, really key. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. So in this episode of Bite Size Biohacks, I'm going to be continuing with the theme of optimizing hormonal health. But specifically in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you some tips to manage cortisol. So many people I see are struggling with stress and resilience. And I think that if I can give you some actionable steps that you can take away um, to start minimizing stress, but also to understand whether you are under stress and how that might be affecting your body. So one of the leading um, kind of pioneering researchers in this field is Thomas Gillians. And he categorizes four key areas of stress. And those are your perceived stress. So how you perceive stress is very important. You may be under a degree of stress, but your perception of it makes a real difference. He also talks about circadian disruption. And I think this happens to more of us than we believe. Um, if we are not sleeping well, or we're going to bed and waking up at different times, this leads to significant circadian disruption. And circadian disruption is a cause of what we call HP access dysfunction, which is where your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is not functioning correctly. And this can cause all kinds of havoc across the body if it goes on for a sustained period of time. And circadian disruption is key. Now, one of the things that you need to understand is that two consecutive nights of poor disrupted sleep can start to change the pattern of your cortisol production. And cortisol is a stress hormone. So you can actually begin to feel quite off just after two nights of circadian disruption. So that's why I encourage people to really think about their sleep, maximizing um, their, or optimizing, should I say, their circadian rhythm by getting access to early sunlight during the day, enhancing that production of melatonin and reducing exposure to light, particularly artificial blue light in the evening, wearing things like blue light blocking glasses um, two hours before bedtime and just changing gear, bookending your day, lowering stress because that sleep and circadian rhythm um, is really, really key in terms of optimizing your stress levels. Now, the third area is glycemic dysregulation. And I did a bite-sized biohack. If you go and listen to podcast episode 156, I talked all about how you can flatten your glucose curve. But you do need to get on top of blood sugar control if you aren't already, because cortisol really interacts with that pathway. And actually, if you're not controlling blood sugar, it's going to be very, very difficult to get your HPA access functioning properly. And this really impacts um, a number of autoimmune conditions, particularly things like Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So really optimizing your blood sugar regulation is key in this regard. And then the fourth area he talks about is inflammation. So in last week's Bite Size Biohacks episode, I talked about removing toxins from your diet, removing um, inflammatory foods, and also the effects that toxic thoughts can have in terms of our stress levels as well. So go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. But those are really the four key areas. And often we think Think of um, or we hear about things like adrenal fatigue and that that's the issue. In reality, stress and HPAS dysfunction is more often a problem with the brain than it is the adrenals. And really, your brain is trying to protect you and keep you healthy. And Thomas Williams talks about this concept of nuts in relation to stress, which stands for novelty, unpredictability, threat and a sense of no control. And I think it's fair to say that most of us recognize when we feel under stress and we don't feel this 
there's anything that we can do about it, the situation becomes eminently more stressful because we've lost that sense of agency and self-control. And so actually getting help in those situations, whether that's through a health professional, a coach, a psychologist, psychotherapist, uh, a friend, anyone that can really help you gain control over that situation is already going to help to start reducing that stress. And so that first stage really is acceptance. Um, so really what we want to do when we're looking at cortisol is to optimize those four key areas. So we need to keep inflammation low. We want to get really good quality sleep. And actually just by getting that sleep and optimizing your circadian rhythm will really, really help you to feel less stress because there's a, a double feedback mechanism there. Getting our blood sugar under control. And as I say, episode 156, I talked about ways that you can flatten the glucose curve. Another really good episode on this to listen to is episode 122, which was with Anthony Annenbonum, who is the founder of Very. And we talked about all the data that they've learned from working with thousands and thousands of users in terms of continuous blood glucose monitoring and the types of foods that we are most likely to see glucose spikes in. And you'll hear about how both Anthony and I found that bananas make our blood sugar go bananas and that sushi was the number one food for causing spikes for the most number of people. So that's a really interesting episode uh, that you can go and have a listen to. And if you want to try out a CGM device, he also shared a discount code, which I think is bit.ly forward slash get very 20. And that will give you 20% off if you want to try it. Things like the Lumen device that I've talked about previously as well can be really, really helpful because Lumen can help you understand how you, whether you're transitioning between burning fats or burning carbs. And really, we want to be able to move between the two as well. That's a really important thing. A lot of people think, oh, I just need to focus on being in fat burning mode all of the time. But actually, that reduces metabolic flexibility. And it also can reduce insulin sensitivity over time. And this is really, really key. And if you listen to the podcast that I have um, recorded recently with Dr. Will Borschwitz, you'll learn about this concept of lipotoxicity and how actually being on a very low carb diet and a ketogenic diet all of the time um, can actually lead to things like increased insulin resistance. So that's really interesting. So I'd highly recommend you listen to those episodes on that as well. And something to think about here is if you are in a permanent state of ketosis, you may be raising cortisol levels without knowing because your body is really looking to generate that glucose itself through a process known as gluconeogenesis. And to do that, it relies on the cortisol rhythm. Um, and that's because the brain likes to function on glucose. Yes, it can function on function on ketones. But as I've been explaining, um, it can be that if you are in a state of ketosis on a constant basis, for some people, this can cause stress within the body. And so what I always say is actually, it's better to cycle in and out of ketosis. And it seems to be best to do that on a daily basis. So by including some carbohydrates in your evening meal, if you have been in a state of ketosis all day, and that could be for a variety of reasons, because you find that your concentration is better, you find that your um, you, you have a leaner, healthier body composition when you're using fats predominantly as a fuel, then what I would say to you is to have some carbohydrates in the evening because this can help with sleep. Because if you're utilizing cortisol in the evening to generate carbohydrates, that's going to interfere with the production of melatonin, which can interfere with sleep. And also melatonin is a very powerful antioxidant. So that's something to think about as well. The other things with cortisol really is to think about exercise, whether you're under-exercising or over-exercising, there is a very much a Goldilocks effect with exercise. 
Um, and you can test for these things. So you can, if you feel like you've been under pressure for a long time and under a sustained period of stress, the body isn't really designed to deal with that. So it's designed to deal with stress in the short term. And in that situation, not only will cortisol rise, which is anti-inflammatory, and that's really in response to the production of more adrenaline and noradrenaline. And that's, that's there to kind of power your muscles and help you sense less pain. So you can actually flee from that threat or fight if you need to. But um, in that situation, generally DHEA, which is an anabolic hormone, will also rise to keep up with cortisol production. But that's when you're stressed for a short period of time. What's happening to many people in modern life is that they're actually under this relentless stress over time. And that can cause problems because the body can start to defend itself. And you can see reductions in DHEA. And if DHEA is reduced, because that's an anabolic hormone, uh, and then you've got high cortisol alongside it, that can be quite catabolic in nature. And you might find that you're aware of these things because you would see things like, for example, reduced lean mass in the body. So you've got less muscle tissue. You might find that you've got this weight gain that's going on around the abdominal area that you never had before. And that's a really good indicator that you're either not managing your blood sugar or not managing cortisol or likelihood because of how you now know how those two things interact, that you're not actually managing both. Um, and so you really need to look into that. One of my favorite tests for doing this, because it also tests your melatonin, your sex hormones in terms of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and DHEA alongside cortisol is the Dutch test. And for people who have trouble sleeping at night, using a urine only test can be quite a good thing because you can get a measure during the night if you wake up. But for people who are waking up really, really wired in the morning um, or they're feeling quite stressed all day, then I like to use the Dutch plus test because that actually shows us what your cortisol awakening response is in the morning. And we should see a nice, healthy spike in the morning that helps you get out of bed. And so that's one of my preferred tests. Um, I will link to resources for all of the things that I'm talking about in the show notes below this podcast so you can have a look there. Um, just thinking about stress and cortisol to give you some things that you can look into if you want to reduce um, cortisol levels, if you've been under stress, I would first recommend um, checking out what your cortisol rhythm is with something like the Dutch test, because we can see four different presentations. So what we may see is we may see that metabolized cortisol, which is your overall production for the day, is high and that free cortisol is also high. And that's only around one to three, maybe up to 5% of your cortisol production is freely available because it gets bound up to protect your, your tissues. Um, and so we, we can look at both those things to see, are they both high? And if they're both high and DHA is also high, it looks like you're basically dealing with a stressful situation in your life currently at this moment, which, as I say, we're designed to do. But if that continues over any length of time, then we can start to see discordant patterns. So we can see things where overall production may be high, for example, but freely available cortisol is actually um, lower. And that means that the body is making less cortisol available to you. Um, in that situation, you've got faster clearance. We may see that overall metabolized cortisol is low, but freely available cortisol is actually high. And in this situation, then what we're having is more sluggish clearance. And then if you've been um, stressed for a very long period of time, we may see that actually both levels are low. So free cortisol is low and metabolized cortisol is low. And um, this can be a really, really big struggle when you're in that situation. So I'd highly 
highly recommend that you get these things checked out first of all. But if you are somebody who is dealing with a very high stress situation at the moment currently, and you maybe have high free cortisol and high metabolized cortisol, then actually something like phosphatidylserine is a really good supplement to take. And I, I like the one actually by Body Bio because it contains phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylserine. And you can take that um, multiple times during the day, really just to help to control the HPA axis. Um, the other things that can be really helpful are adaptogenic herbs. You can use a combination of things like rhodiola, which is a bit more stimulatory with ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is actually amazing for lowering stress, but also helping with blood sugar control. If you think that you've got issues with blood sugar, you do definitely want to be looking at your diet, but also you can consider things like berberine or chromium, which can help with blood glucose stability. Um, Bioptimizers also have a really good product, um, blood sugar breakthrough as well. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, the other things that you want to be thinking about in addition to taking supplements is really just spending time relaxing in your day, maybe having a warm bath before bed, um, taking time out to go for a walk, not just constantly being on the go all of the time, because these things can just contribute to more and more stress. And you're never going to supplement your way out of HPA access dysfunction. You're actually going to have to take lifestyle steps to do that. Um, if you want to see where you are, as, as you know, each week at the moment, I'm going through my shift protocol for health optimization. Um, and taking you through each of the steps. And at the moment, we're on hormones. This week, we've been talking all about cortisol. I will be covering sex hormones in the upcoming Bite-Sos Biohacks podcast. But if you want to get an overview on where you are with shift, so that sleep, hormones, insights, fueling your body and training your body and mind, then you can go and take a free health check over at yourtotalhealthcheck.com. And we will send you a free personalized report with your scores on each area and actionable tips that you can take to start improving the areas that really matter the most for you. So that is yourtotalhealthcheck.com. And I'll also link to everything else that I've talked about in this episode of Bite Size Biohacks in the show notes so you can access them there. Thanks again for listening. I will see you on next week's episode of Bite Size Biohacks. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.